Welcome to episode 274 of the What Nots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio fiction, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer with a fresh haircut this week. I did. Melissa, let me tell you, I was supposed to get my haircut yesterday. I sat Uh down in the chair and about a minute after that, the power goes out. Whoops. And it is not just like the building we're in. It's like all of downtown. It's like the arts district. Yeah. Not sure what ended up happening. Uh, of course, you have to go to a whole arts district for a haircut. That really sounds it's like it's a you. nice place out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I the, yeah, the, the my barber came highly recommended. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I've continually gone back to him. But yeah, it, he tends to always run late. Uh, and so mm-hmm. when he rescheduled me for for 10 30 a.m. this morning, I was like, well, that's typically his day off. So I'll be his first appointment. I get there. Mm. And of course, nope, he's cutting someone else and he's running <laughs> late. So <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to be here a little bit longer than I thought. Mm. Uh, but I ended up getting my hair cut and I rushed back over here to do Very a podcast nice. with you, Melissa. How are Thank you? Thank you. I'm doing good. Had a big shopping day yesterday. One of those. Ooh. I think I need three things at Target, but somehow I'm here for two hours sort of days. <laughs> Got sucked in. You lost. You, you lost time. This, abducted. I would by go Target. to Target with my mom, and we will pick up every children's picture book <laughs> <laughs> and then read them to each other. Think about every kid we know in our lives. Like this would be great for your niece or your cousin's kid or your other cousin's kid. <laughs> right. Or or then you like re- reminiscing. Do, do they still make good night moon? Is that so? Oh, they do. Mom, look they've at this. got a <laughs> they have a Halloween version called good night goon. I did buy that for my niece a couple years ago. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Halloween time. We're in the midst of October right yes. now. Was any spooky stuff on your shopping list at Target? <sighs> Not specifically. I think I'm sufficiently spooked up at this moment. Going to go see Exorcist after this. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little much for, for me and my tastes. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's fun. Um, speaking of spooky stuff, though, what are we talking about this week, Melissa? Today, we are talking about the 2014 Iranian-American vampire movie, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah, you, you, you I, I feel like you could describe this multiple ways. Yes. Uh, yeah, it is a vampire film. Yeah, it's it, it's in the like Iranian language, I believe, or Persian, it, I believe is what the thing said. Farsi. I think it is uh, uh, spoken entirely in Farsi. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is written and directed by Anna Lily Amirpour. It it was filmed in California by uh, mostly Iranian Americans, but set in a sort of 
fictional, mysterious fantasy Iran in a city called Bad City. Bad City. Uh, yeah. And then last week you described this as like a, a skateboarding vampire. Yes. Film, and I was like, yes. tell me more. I, I, I want to know more about that. Um, but then like also. Honestly, could have used a little bit more skateboarding. I was expecting I this to be more skateboard heavy. I ag- agree. Um, but then it, it's also like self described as like styled after a Western. Yeah, uh, like a, an, an American Western film. So it's it really is an interesting mix of of stuff that we get here in A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um I looked th- this up as you were pitching it last week and was just immediately sold on the poster, the like striking red of the mm-hmm. poster. Uh, and then this is all shot in black and white. So they have just these just these this be this beautiful camera work and cinematography uh, that just really makes it shine. So I was like that one. That's the one I want to watch. Um, and here we are about to talk about it. And I have to say, I enjoyed this a lot. I thought it was. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. There's a, a lot going on in this movie. Yes. I went to YouTube. I looked it up. I was trying to remember where I learned about this movie. And I'm like, was it dead meat? Was it Ryan Hollinger? No, can't find it. This must have been included in like a big montage of other things. Uh, so I wish I could credit the person who first introduced me to A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. But I looked the movie up on YouTube trying to find like interviews or video essays or something. And like the second video you can find after the trailer is my favorite scene in the movie. Just that scene snipped out and it's labeled A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Breathtaking scene like this. You get it. <laughs> you understand. You understand my feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I also have a absolute favorite scene in that movie. I hope it's the same one. Maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll Sometimes talk about we that mind melt bit. like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely had a blast with this. Um, it's not super like scary. Um, no. There is there is a little bit of violence uh, in in this some go 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 but you don't see that much. Yeah, it's, it's um, less than you might expect. That said, this movie does an excellent job at building tension, just creating a vibe and an atmosphere. Uh, and yeah, like I I was. I don't think on the edge of my seat is the is the right uh, word. I was not like, and what happens next? Right. But it was like I was perked up, like fully engaged, just fascinated uh, with with this one. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy. Uh, it, I know it is. It was filmed by and within uh, the people who live in America, but this was an, an area of the world we had not been to before. Uh, we're getting a little sample of a culture we haven't visited before. I wanted to do that. Uh, I love a vampire. Parent, mm-hmm. My favorite of all the classic monsters. Indeed. And I feel like every black and white thing we've ever done was my idea. I feel like once a year we should throw in a weird black and white thing. You kind of have to. Um, 
it 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 just it sets the right old or new mood. Like I was watching this and then thinking back to Marvel's Werewolf at Night, and I was like, Werewolf by Night. Yeah, uh, I was I was like, man, the, like the director of of this could be a good match for continuing that. Yeah, because um, they do some interesting stuff here in this. Yeah, it's it's a vampire film that it is is also like on on another hand is a movie about kind of uh the the oppressive cultures around women whether it be their actual culture, their religion, their the place that they live, their government, what's expected of them in a relationship um but then it's also like a like a a, a romance story yes. in there too um i i did see on the wikipedia page that the creator of the, of this was like i made this movie because i was lonely mm-hmm. and i make films because i want to like make connections and find people and that's kind of the story of this vampire in here too it really seems like she's longing for connection uh and and it yeah it's in interesting thing because it doesn't fully explore that but it, that that's also like like such a strong vibe that you get mm-hmm. in, in that too so yeah it's a pretty the movie is pretty light on dialogue it's kind of slow and, and ponderous and or just introspective and thoughtful yeah yeah there's there's some scenes in here that just kind of linger and go on really yes. long and mm-hmm. they're slow uh, yeah. they just move at this glacial pace and it's it's just like that is what builds the tension that is what it just makes it like what's happening here in this scene something's off something's weird something's scary right um mm-hmm. so yeah I, I i had a a great time i would recommend this yes where did you watch this i, I rented it off voodoo for four dollars okay. There you go. I found this on Canopy. Um, oh, yeah, which is an app that I hadn't explored at all. In fact, the didn't library really know, one. Right. I didn't really know what it was until recently. And yeah, I recently just got my library card. Uh, and so I downloaded Canopy uh, and it just like happened to like I when I searched on my smart t- AV for like where can i watch this it was like it's on canopy and i was like oh hey i have that here we go oh cool um, i it didn't show up when i googled it or maybe i just didn't click view more places where yeah. i can watch this i missed canopy yeah it canopy is an interesting one because if you have a library card you get access to it for free uh and you can watch i i think this is how it works you can watch eight things each month um which is a little bit of a str- of, of like a strange way that it, it works here. But uh, I was like, well, I here we go. I, I can watch this. And that's just number one of all eight things. And they seem to have a very good selection of like international films. Nice. Um, 
and stuff like that. I know here on the review show, we also covered the original Suspiria uh, that was on on the hair. That was one that I Good. saw. So, Gotta stuff. watch Suspiria for Halloween. If you uh, thank you for this important public service message that anyone with a library card can watch Suspiria. Having fun's not hard. If you got a library card, <laughs> Arthur would be proud. <laughs> Arthur would be proud. Uh, do you want to do like a plot synopsis thing to start uh, getting people in the know on on this? And then we can d- dive in after our spoilers. Yeah, we start with a young man named Arash who w- works to make money for his father's uh heroin addiction unfortunately uh and he does all these different odd jobs he saved up all this money to buy one very nice car for himself and this drug dealer figure who sort of dominates the community comes and steals his car so he has to find a way to like make he's making money to get his dad heroin because he doesn't know what else to do he's got a grudge against this drug dealer he needs to get his car back father is in debt and so i think the kid is working to pay it off yes uh and as we see this drug dealer sort of prowling around town uh he's also a uh he controls this sex worker and who he has a bad deal with her and and an well, they're out one night. He sees this mysterious dark figure, and it is our lead vampire. She has no name. She is only the girl. She skateboards around at night, and she attacks those who prey on others. Indeed. And then she she meets and and begins a romance with Arash. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a good 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 one. Um, it does need more skateboarding, um, but not. So much that that she is doesn't like, do any tricks. It's just straightforward skateboarding, right? No ollies. Like I like part of me deep down wants her to be like chasing after someone on the skateboard mm. and then like jump off to like attack them, <laughs> fly. But that's yeah, but, but that's also <laughs> not what this movie is at all. So. Why is this? Maybe there was skateboarding in like the Lost Boys or something, but I feel like separate of this film, you could make skateboard vampire like that's your aesthetic. That's your Halloween costume. Uh, That's a new 12 issue comic series from Boom Studios. That's a new Mm -hmm. Amazon Prime Mm -hmm. limited series for skateboard vampires. There you go. There you go. Indeed. Uh, With that, I say we take a quick break for some housekeeping. And when we get back, we will talk about spoilers and start diving into the film a little bit more in depth. So we will be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows and a lot of hard work goes into making them. So we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, Patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes and at our $3 tier, a Patreon exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. 
You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, we are back once again. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We love you thank a lot. You. It means a ton. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, over on the Pilots Club for October 2023, the amazing Screw On Head. Kind of wild. This thing is a like a 20 minute pilot for a cartoon in the style of Mike Mignola's artwork. So think Hellboy, all of the, that stuff. Um, it never made it to a full TV show, but it is this like comedic adult animation kind of thing that you would see on like Adult Swim. Um, and it, it was wild. I had a blast talking about that. It was an interesting thing that we got to uh, discuss on our show. I had a blast. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, right here on the review show, like I kind of mentioned earlier, it is spooky month. It's all Halloween, all month of October, every year. Last week, we started, we kicked things off with Afterlife with Archie. Um, this was a comic series uh, that the creator of River Dead Dale started working on before he was making River Dale. Uh, and it is exactly what it sounds like. It is the zombie apocalypse in River Dale and all of the Archie characters that you know and love. But they take it really seriously. They go in and and it is a full on horror book. It's not the like cartoony G Willigers mm. Batman like it, it is. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Go go check it out. Um and then over on the captain's log this past week, uh, we got to share our thoughts on uh, on the creator as well as Melissa. You got to go see with your mom. Uh, Stop making sense. This 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 concert yes. movie here. The big suit um, movie. Indeed, yeah, the big suit movie. Also, we hit six hundred and sixty six subscribers. So we're just in super time. jazzed just in time for spooky month. It is great. Uh, we also started to discuss some Halloween costume ideas for us oh, oh, over on the captain's log. So go check that out as well. That was a fun descent into madness. It was. <laughs> um, with that, though, let's get on into spoilers for A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Favorite scene. Favorite scene. What I, is this like favorite scene that, that you had there? It's so I had it's one when that the, just stood out. It was just like, oh, breathtaking. It's when the girl takes Arash back to her little basement apartment and he's stoned because yes. he uh, after she had killed this drug dealer, he had taken some of his money and drugs and is now trying to sell the drugs to get the money uh to support his father and he one of his drug customers convinces him to take a tab of ecstasy too and so he's just 
stoned out of his mind. She takes him to her little basement apartment. She's got a disco ball and he just like spins the disco ball real fast and just stares at it. And she like puts a record on and it plays this like sweet indie rock song. And he just very, very slowly approaches her because he's dressed as Dracula from a Halloween, some costume party he went to. It just yeah. very, very slowly approaches her like he is going to bite her neck. And it's so it's such a vibe. It's so sweet and hard. Such a good scene. It's it's such a specific emotion behind that one scene. I, I think emotions like it's all sorts of yes. stuff because he is he is not really sure what's happening but i think by time he spins the disco ball he's sobered up enough where Mm. he he like kind of understands the situation like hey there's this cute girl who brought me back to her place some we're probably gonna do a little kissy kissy you know Mm -hmm. um but man the way he just just so slowly yeah goes up behind her from one side of the screen to the other just at the just the slowest but like it lasts the whole song yeah i'm just going across the screen it's incredible and then when he gets up right behind her and she finally starts to turn around it, it is this like, OK, so maybe this is more of like a teen romance movie, like young adult romance kind of thing. And then the, like the, she starts touching him and her hand goes up to his forehead to like push his head back to like expose his neck. Mm. And, and you're like, oh, she's not going to make out with him. She's still going to eat him. But then she just kind of like sniffs him and then like rests her he- head on 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 his ch- his chest. And it's this like sweet like I I could eat you. You're another guy. I probably don't trust you, but I'm longing for this connection. Yeah. Like, this is what I want. Um, and the song fades out and fades into the sound of his heartbeat. That's what she's listening to. I don't you know, this is not a movie that really gives us rules for how this vampire works. We don't even know if there are more vampires. It might just be her. But we don't know if a vampire has a heartbeat. Maybe she doesn't. This is She wants to hear one. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That scene just absolutely fascinating. Breath. Yes. Aching. So good. I um, And there's there's scenes in other movies that I could point to and name very specifically what it is and this is like oh i love that one scene where he walks really slowly across a room (laughs) john wick thor when winston walks slowly across the room (laughs) it takes forever it's like there's no like direct log line for like this is what the scene is and what makes it great it's not like the best part in John Wick 4 is when he climbs up the stairs, falls down the stairs, climbs up the stairs again. Yeah. Like, I can't summarize it that succinctly and get across what it means to me. It's more abstract than that. And the fact that yeah. it's in a basement makes such a huge difference to me, I think, because these are young adults. I don't think they are teens. Uh, these right. are yeah, vaguely yeah, yeah. like early, mid 20s. 
Young but adult. it reminds but it reminds you of a teenage story. Like she mm-hmm. lives in this basement apartment that's like covered with rock and roll posters on the wall. She's got her like little it's a, like her, her record player and she has her makeup. She doesn't have a vanity. She can't look in the mirror because she's a vampire. She doesn't have a reflection. We know that much about, that. about the vampire rules. Yeah. I didn't put that together either until I watched. I, I put on a little 10 minute video essay and then like a good half hour interview that Vice did with the director and star. And in one of them, it mentions the scene where we see her putting on just sitting on her bed, putting on eyeliner and lipstick it's like she's not looking in a mirror because she well, she right. can't, but like she can't see her own reflection. So what's the point? She's just sitting there doing it. Incredible. But it remind it reminds you of like a teenage bedroom or or kind of. Like, do you remember Love Hard, the Netflix Christmas rom-com Love Hard? The guy in mm-hmm. that also had a rock and roll basement bedroom kind of like this. So it gives it a. A, a very youthful vibe, very relatable. You've been in a room like this. You've ha- maybe yes. you had a room my, like this. M- my room is like that yes. with all of my comic book p- p- posters and but paraphernalia. Th- like yeah, basement, basement, big part of it. Uh, they're just sort of slapdash all over the place, like a whole collage of like magazine cutouts and mm-hmm. like band posters and things like that. Is a really specific. Very grounded, very like evocative image, evocative in that it's it's familiar. It's really familiar. And just putting on a song, maybe kissing a boy. It's it's got this wistful longing of like a coming of age story. I don't think this story as a whole is, but it has this coming of age emotional pull to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I. Yeah, it's just like that's why it was like it It feels like this is a like young adult romance, but it doesn't fully go into that. It feels like it has some kind of commentary on the the oppression of women in there, but doesn't ever make it like explicit because um, mm. you were describing her room and I, I think that mixed with uh like the the whole thing's supposed to be uh like in, in it's it's supposed to be set in iran right is that what we said yes mm. yeah um like i i to be honest i don't really know the culture the religion mm-hmm. all of that stuff so i can't speak to that exactly but from the little that I do understand, it seems like there are a lot of positions where women could be oppressed through the culture, mm. the religion, even here in America. Right. Like there is, I, I think, a lot of expectations for the woman in the relationship to be like the homemaker. She's the one that looks after the man. And that stuff is kind of out dated it's not really right um mm. but it, it it's it's still something that persists in all sorts of different scenarios and i i i saw her in this and i don't know the name of the piece of clothing it's I, not I, a, I looked a it up yeah i wasn't i wasn't familiar with it i didn't know if it was like special for this movie or for it is an existing garment it is an existing garment it is called a 
Oh, where is it? Where's where's the hyperlink here in this Wikipedia page? I was just looking at this. Well, if 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 you find it, speak up. But yeah, she's in this. Oh, this... it's called a Chador. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yeah. it it is. I I it is an existing garment. It said it was like a big semicircle of fabric that is worn open as and like drapes around you when worn out in public. It it is tip. It is typically in a, a plain black color like this. And that is something that came up in the interview I was looking at with the director where she it was like a part of another short film or something she was working on. And she like put it on. And she's like, this thing, I feel like a bat when I wear this. Has anybody yeah. done this before? Has anybody done Chador Vampire? I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's so cool. But but yeah, like I it, you've seen uh, the women who are in those garbs again. I don't know mm. the name of the clo- the clothing uh, that like basically their entire b- 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 body is covered except for, for their eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of what it reminds me of. And so, so then to see her go home and t- take that that go go garm it off and she's got like music posters and all this stuff and she's putting on makeup and all like it it felt like a commentary on that stuff of of how some women might feel repressed by by that um but i like it doesn't ever really go into it more than just kind of visually Mm -hmm. like hinting at it um but yeah, it, it it does that with so many things because we also have this story about drug addiction in that t- too, right? Here's this kid whose father is an addict uh, and he's working to pay off his debt. I, I was kind of wondering at some point if maybe it was because I couldn't see the pictures as as well here mm-hmm. who was the kid's mom the the, the main guy's mom because at one point i uh, was like oh i wonder if it's the vamp ha 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 hire and he like doesn't know um uh no there the are picture vaguely looked like her i i i don't know i <laughs> his mom has died uh it doesn't appear to be recent it could have been at any point in the past there are old photos of his mother like up on a a credenza in their house right uh that his father will like still has to yeah it still still feels haunted by at one point when he's like really going through drug withdrawals he becomes convinced that the this cat that arash has that is his wife reincarnated that the cat has his wife's eyes yeah um but yeah because we don't get a good look at the pictures of like who the mom is exactly uh and the father's drug addiction my head just went to i'm assuming the wife died and he was so sad that that's what got him started into drugs um but then here's this vampire, which what if that's what happened to the white? Like she got turned into a vampire and then like doesn't age like him. So had to like go off and do her own 
thing and then ends up like falling in love with this kid not realizing it that like that's her kid that's not what happens in this film that's not explained that's just me like in my head being like is that what this film is like as i'm watching it um it takes you a little while to get settled into it and figure out what it's doing like when i googled this movie to pitch it to you last week the brief log line in that little google sidebar was uh, a vampire skates through bad city, preying on men who mistreat women or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the movie opens with a rush. Uh, looks like like sneaking through like a hole in a fence to get the cat. And then he drives off with the cat. And later it's explained that is his cat. Seems like the cat got out. But at first you're like, is this guy just stealing a cat? Is he, is he a thief? <laughs> and, you know, cat just taking a stray. Yeah pussy equals pussy so like is this symbolic is this part of it (laughs) right is he one of these bad guys like you don't know yet is this our protagonist right yeah (laughs) um and that is kind of the tell at the end when because uh his father is not only an addict but is then trying to speak to one of the local prostitutes to spend time with her uh and sleep with her um and while he's having a particular like bad moment where he's you know he's kind of hit rock bottom he starts tying up this girl so she she won't have much of a choice uh to to spend the night with 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 him is when this younger vampire shows up um and then attacks him and kills him and then the cat goes with her and so this young guy is in the midst of like my father just died what happened like does anyone know uh and then the next time that he's at this vampire's house not knowing that she's a vampire Mm. uh his cat walks out and so he's just like oh shit uh yeah it was her you had something to do with this yeah that's interesting why would you have my cat yeah um but he also doesn't really do anything with that info like it 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 Mm. seems like he he gets upset they drive out kind of it it looks like he's uh, i don't know about to like go murder her out in the middle of nowhere but that's also not what happens it's like the two of them run off together and at some point while yeah. they're driving, he like stops, gets out of the car, like walks around for a couple of minutes in the headlights. I guess just thinks it over, decides, I hey. think this girl killed my dad, but what am I going to do about it? I, I still like her. I still need a fresh start. She Pussy needs a fresh start. We need to get out of bad. We need to get out of bad city. And he just gets back in the car like, all right, let's go. I, I'm i not looking back anymore. Uh, yeah. Blanks. We both need the blank slate. Here we go. Let's drive yeah. to a better city. It definitely feels like he is like, I've had enough of this heady. It's done bad, bad things like it, it potentially killed my mom. It killed my dead dad. It ruined my young adult life. You were the only good thing in recent memory Mm -hmm. but also you killed my dad and that's weird and strange and i don't know how to prove it exactly but 
we both need this right is, is, yes. is like the end and that is also another nod to like it's kind of just this young adult roman this this longing for mm-hmm. connection and and it's it's them kind of recognizing despite everything that's happens like we just need to get out like we're both in the, in the same boat here um so yeah so, i don't know but it was fantastic i loved it a lot one more note about arash is that he's wearing this tight white t-shirt and he really has the look of a greaser absolutely which is another sort of interesting aesthetic ingredient uh in the spaghetti pot (laughs) i don't know if we've got any and in the car he's driving looks more like a, a vintage model car He's got yeah. sort of the not the, not a full pompadour like it's grease, but, you know, his entire look is reminiscent of a greaser. Which is a I believe greasers were exclusively teens. I don't think there are adult greasers. <laughs> I mean, there's the like rock a belly. <laughs> sure. Stuff, right? Yes. Right. <laughs> but when you think back to the 50s, it's like this is your look until you're like 25. <laughs> And then you have to like get a job, you and know. And then you join the like, army. <laughs> right uh, in that time, that look was a youthful look, and now it is used by you know rockabillies of all ages. Now you yeah. can adopt that look, but it, it it speaks to a particular type of person at a particular time. Again, yeah. again I don't know what it means. I just think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting look that was added into this movie. Uh, that's got to talk about the Western aspects of it. It's it says spaghetti Western specifically, which is a genre I can't quite quantify, but I think I can recognize on site. It's the font. First of all, that's a spaghetti Western font in those opening credits. It's got that kind of a, a music score to it. There is some small bits of like Western imagery like after Arash takes the drugs and leaves the party, he's just wandering through a neighborhood and he just stares at a streetlight. He just Love stands it. there <laughs> at his most high and just stares at a streetlight. And then the girl approaches him and they do have that pose of like they're both standing there, arms at their sides, like parallel facing each other yep, from like that's being a duel's length away. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's also the, the the scene where she's on the opposite side of the street of his dad, 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 dad and just yes. like keeping pace with each other. It, it is this like like squaring each other up, like looking each other up and down. But the like the scene is obviously also very different in the sense that like the father's more like uh what's going on here like what's happening let me let me run away now <laughs> um, but <laughs> another that, just like just they it just they move at this like slow yeah. pace and it, it yeah. just it builds this tension right it is the the tension of a g- 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 of a g- gun height of just like mm-hmm. anyone's about to boom you know um but yeah another aspect of a western is that you are in a a limited space you're in a town mm-hmm. everybody in that town knows everybody else in that town and maybe you go out into the surrounding 
wilderness, but you never go far enough away that you're part of another town. And the town has one clear villain and one clear hero or anti-hero. And that is what this movie has, where Saeed, the drug dealer, seems like he does have a grip on this town with uh, pimping out that one woman and perhaps others, but she's the one we clearly see and then, and, and dealing this, co- the, this heroin and, and who, other drugs. I just all around a bad dude who feels inescapable and she sets her sights on him and takes him down. I really yeah. like the scene where she meets him uh, out in the streets and she doesn't say anything. She is largely silent and he's just like, okay, here's a cute girl. Well, let me take her home. And I don't know what vibe I'm getting, but we'll see how things happen. And she goes back to his house, which is real drug dealer chic. Tigers yep. everywhere, a <laughs> full aquarium. Love it. Have you ever have you ever seen the movie Boogie Nights? Uh, no, but I've I've seen like bits and pieces. Uh at one point in like the climax of the movie, Dirk Diggler has left the world of porn and he has started to deal drugs and him and his buddies go to see Alfred Molina, who's this higher power drug dealer. And they're, I forget if they're going to like rob him or murder him. I forget what the game of the scene is when they go over there. This is exactly what Alfred Molina's place looks like. And he's, yep. <laughs> he's like doing cocaine. He's aggressively playing them a mixtape. He's, it's just Jesse's girl played uncomfortably loudly and he's coked up and yelling at them while they're like <laughs> trying to get a scheme together. It's a really incredible sequence. I don't know if it's a purposeful evocation of that, but I was so reminded of Boogie Nights as soon as we saw the drug dealer apartment. Great. Yeah, it's just that that scene is also fascinating to watch because she's a g- 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 again in that full. I again forget the name of the garment, uh, but she's in that thing where she looks just like this kind of giant black shape, right? This like yes. amorphous black shape. It is v- very much like the cape you might see Dracula in, right? Right. Um, but there's another scene of her when she is on the skateboard up against the wall. And it's just this like humanoid shape, like right, going up yeah. against the, the stark white wall. It's fantastic. And the, but, the, the, the thing with the chador is that it's it's so big that she can like flap her arms and it like completely spreads out around her like a manta ray. Or if she sort of pulls yeah. her arms in, it just like drapes like tightly around her like she is a single pillar. Yeah. Uh, And she's just kind of standing there watching this guy still hasn't said a thing to this drug jailer. And yeah, he's like snorting coke. He's putting on music, his shirts off. He starts like dancing and stuff to like try and entice her, make her more comfortable. This is like some weird mating call, right? I want to say that he's covered in tattoos and that includes... A giant tattoo across the front of his neck that just says sex. Sex. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like right on 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 his neck here. It just says sex. It's great. Um, <laughs> and like she this whole scene, she almost says nothing. I, it, it, she might not even say much, but then she just starts to kind of walk around and look around like, OK, like what all do you have here? J- just like 
you're not really what I'm interested in per se, but huh, interesting place you got here, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, she ends up like eating him. Um, but I, I want to talk about like in, in some of the more intimate moments of that scene. Also, um, like at the party when uh yeah when, when they're they're sitting there and they're 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 taking the ecstasy um there are some great moments that are just absolutely styled after the old like universal uh mm-hmm. like vi- vampire maobies bella lugosi just in his like in his dracula or monster pose the way they light it the way like the way that uh what's his name again the main the main main dude i'm I'm terrible with names here arash yeah um his like greaser look gives him this like skinny like you could almost see his his like his cheek bones in this and then with the lighting and the the dracula makeup he just like he just looks like a vampire in this and yeah it's it's just beautiful the way they do all of this their their eyes are fascinating Mm -hmm. they do this thing with the lights that they all have this kind of like halo around them yeah so the, the the whites end up being very stark but the the blacks in this are also just pitch black so deep you cannot see in them at all and it just it's gorgeous um and like yeah it's weird to get this like okay you're thinking of boogie nights we're thinking of a western over here it's a young adult romance over there it's a vampire movie over here it's those old universal monster (laughs) movies over there it's just like this is just such a vibe to watch so and to many, see them yeah. effortlessly like mix all of that in is fascinating. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's such a simple movie. Like it's got very few characters, very few sets. It's pretty stark and minimalist. And I think that does give you a lot of room for it to have all of these echoes of different genres like the mm. the genre exercises where it really went wild like this is where we're doing our most experimentation we're in a, it struck me that the city has no signs in it we barely have a sense of what the city is uh and they say no signs it's not like there's a mcdonald's in the movie but it's also not like we walk past a nondescript building that's got a, a, a sign in, in Arabic or whatever that just says like post office, bakery, drugstore. Yeah. Like, like there's no sense of of business or commerce or, or real life anywhere. You very rarely get scenes with more than a couple people in them. The most people you see is at this party, party. this costume yeah. party. And it's like, where is this exactly? Who's who's throwing this? Besides the kind of main cat like if basically if you don't have a speaking role they just didn't hire extras on on on, <laughs> yeah. on this which makes the town feel like eerily empty yeah and then you said like there's no sense of like actual place of like oh i've been there there's the 7-eleven mm, yeah. on the co- corner or stuff and no it's just like 
oddly like it, it it how some people like to to always say like the city was a character of its own like this almost is so devoid of yes. that that it it makes it scary it makes it strange right. it makes it feel eerie and just like what is happening here is this a fictional town yes it is but like it it, like i'm not supposed to be here am i right it feels like like the twilight zone where he wakes up and he's in an eerie town and it turns out that is a fake town we use for like uh nuclear testing (laughs) yeah yeah It feels like uh, very liminal like that. The fact that the city is named Bad City does most of the heavy lifting. Like the name alone is all the set dressing you need. I do really like when uh, Arash asked the the girl to meet him outside of the power station. I think that's a really beautiful backdrop. We watched True Detective, the first season of True Detective a couple weeks ago. And Mm -hmm. I talked about how there's this looming unspoken of unreferenced presence of like these big refineries and factories and industrialization that's just like looming over the landscape even though it is doesn't really have anything to do with the the plot or what's directly happening i don't know if it's the same feeling with this power station like a power station feels pretty necessary like that doesn't really feel like it's an an excessive display of industry uh mm-hmm. and what's interesting about a power station is that it is lit up at all times we've seen these we've driven past these in our lives right. just for the the workers there it is always completely lit even in the dead of night so you've got these bright lights on all of this sort of unnatural twisty like uh, vats and boilers and pipes and pipes like all these harsh shadows and it's this big block of a thing all of this interconnected machinery that takes up like the entire background of that wide frame and it's sort of lonely but also speaks to that sort of wistful teen coming of age energy when you're Mm -hmm. like a teenager and you've got one friend who has a car and you have no means except for like the gas money. You have nothing to do, nowhere to go. So I'll just pile in a car and you just drive around the outskirts of your town at night. It speaks so directly to that for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, absolutely. this is the one place to go. We don't have, uh, I guess when that <laughs> costume party isn't happening, there's nowhere else I can take you. Let's meet at the power station. Yeah so many interesting things in in here there's there's two more scenes that i want to talk about uh one i'll I'll start with this one here uh there besides the like real big long scene where he spins the disco ball and comes up behind her there's another scene um where it is the prostitute uh, and she is kind of dancing with this balloon uh, that she it, it's again, like takes up the length of an entire song. Right. And it's just her out there d- 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 dancing. I think it's another character. And I think it's another character it? we've seen out on the street who might also be a sex worker. I don't feel okay. like we really get to know them directly. But like I was reading the credits and the. Characters are credited by name if they have one, but also by like a descriptor. 
like sure, the yeah. girl, the boy, the father, uh, the, the prostitute, the pimp. And there is a character credited as the rockabilly. And I think that's them. Okay. Because that that scene was also like it, it's a gorgeous scene. How, how do you feel like that scene fit into the movie, though? Because it's like. It's after ahead. the costume party, right? I believe so. Yeah. And, the, and I think we did see that character there at the costume party. Uh, I think also wearing like a sort of Western rockabilly shirt. Another interesting aesthetic vibe placed into the movie. But coming from the scene where it's like so crowded it's full of people. It's like dark and there's bright flashing lights and there's drugs and loud music to go from that to seeing a character on their own. Doing a very simple, pure, like I might go out and dance at the party, but in my private time, this is what I like to do. This is like how I like to dance. I don't yeah. need a partner. I can grab a balloon. Exactly. Yeah, I I think this is another scene that really added to this like the the, the like oppression of women especially ones who are dreaming of something else right mm. um like you said this like i don't need a partner i can just dance mm. here with this balloon like it it really felt like she was dreaming of something better Right. Of, of this, like one day I'll make it out of bad Teddy. Sure. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed that. I, I just thought that it's a scene. It's like, huh? Like th it felt like yeah, a scene that pretty. was mostly there for aesthetics rather mm -hmm. than like, OK, this is moving the plot forward. But it was gorgeous. It's there for the atmosphere. It's there for the mood. I think it's interesting you keep coming back to this oppression of women theme when there are very few women in the movie. I mean, there's very few characters of any kind. We've got our, our main vampire girl who you can imagine is oppressed by what we imagine vampire laws to be. The movie doesn't go into detail with them, but you can only go out at night. You don't have a reflection. You need blood to live. We do have our one primary sex worker who we are seeing. Uh, I'm going to have to look up her actual name. <laughs> and then you... And then it's like the rich girl who Arash seems like he works for her family doing odd jobs. See, we see him like out in the garden and then she calls him up to like fix her TV that's on the fritz. And yeah. I just feel like I don't have a, and we have no sense of like the society at large in bad city. We don't like you said, if you don't have a speaking part, like you're not really in the movie. There's very few you like there aren't like crowd scenes or many There's folks no on, the on the street or backgrounds yeah. or extras. Yeah, it's such an empty movie. It's like I can point to like two characters who feel oppressed, but I can't extrapolate to an, an entire gender here. So there's also the television when we first get to a That's true. house. His father is watching some potentially news show or like not like news or, news or the, or, show. Or but like It reminded me of like a religious programming where you've got a, a preacher of some kind. Right. Yeah. It's very like moralistic. Right. He is talking about like how, how a woman should behave. Yeah, exactly. And so that was a, just a detail that stood out to me 
there is the uh the the drug jailer who is oppressing right like his Mm. his uh sex workers uh and just like not treating them well i think also with it being in the language that it's in again i i want to tread carefully because i don't really know the culture or the legends in that but uh yeah from what i understand like it is a culture where like men lead women follow um stuff like that and so this idea this longing for like getting out of bad teddy or striking back at these men that do these bad things to other people like that that's where i'm starting to pull that stuff in but like i said it's also like that's not the full thesis of this movie Mm -hmm. like it's 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 not so explicit that it's like this is what this movie is about Mm. but it's like there's hints of that stuff in there for sure um but it's equally like just a a a romance too yeah there's there's a lot of approaches you can have to this movie you can come in looking for a lot of deeper like cultural meaning or look at it in terms of its relationship to genre or to other films itself. Or this is the perfect put it on on mute at a bar movie. Mm. It can be any one of these Vibes. things. Vibin. It's all of them. Vibin absolutely. Yes. <laughs> this absolutely belongs at we have a local bar called the Crow's Nest and it has metal mm. brunch. And this there feels like a real metal brunch movie. <laughs> metal brunch. Um, the other scene that I wanted to talk about is when she approaches the kid and is like chasing I, the kid. At yes, night. I do like the kid. Yeah. First off, I love that. It's this little like, I don't know if I want to say street urchin. That feels like a very outdated term. But you know, when you say it, you know what I'm talking about. A sweet little kid who's like asking for money and he's wearing a, like a tweed blazer. <laughs> it's kind of shabby, but it's very funny that you've got this like little eight year old dressed like a professor. Yeah, he he I, he's he's not homeless, but he like maybe from a poorer family. They don't mm, have all that a, much. A ragamuffin for sure. But he has a skateboard and it's like his prize possession and this kid is walking home at night. He's alone. And all of a sudden, here comes the vampire behind him. And he stops and is just like, let me go the other way. I'm scared of you. <laughs> and this vampire teleports. Uh, the, the, it's not clear. It's like she's behind mm. him. And then like the camera moves so you can't see her. And then all of a sudden, she's like where she was not just two seconds before um Mm -hmm. but in this scene this is where 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 she gets the skateboard she steals it from this little kid uh so shame on the vampire for stealing from this little kid but she she threatens him 
in in this like are you a good boy and he's like yeah yes and she's like like remember to always be a good boy like i will be watching right Um, (laughs) and so it it almost starts to feel like this cautionary tale yeah like but again does not go fully Mm. into that but what also stood out to me is that we have these like three generations of men here right Mm. we have the older guy we have the younger guy and then we have the small kid uh and it is like this older guy who's lost his wife he's now uh, addicted to drugs he's down on his luck and kind of as a result it is not treating this prostitute well he's kind of mm. lost control of his life mm. here um and then there's the main guy arash the younger guy and he's he's mixed up in it all but he's not set in his ways just yeah, yet right I, like i i want to say that also he to try and get money he steals a pair of earrings from this girl he works for but she seems so rich who knows if she's really going to miss that pair of earrings she probably has got like 15 of them and when he takes the drugs to the party he gives her one and then she asks for another and he's like no that's enough like he's really he's trying to right. get some money but also like I, it is not my intention I to, make it to, any, to get anybody else drug hooked yes. dealer. yeah I don't want to create a problem. I just need some money. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like it, it, he has good in, in intentions or is like, I, I, I have to do this bad thing, but it's so small that, you know, no one mm. out us or I'm just doing it for a small amount of time so that I don't have to do, you know, these, these bad things here. So yeah, he's, he's, doing some of these bad things but he's not set in his ways just yet and i feel like that's where part of the romance comes in i think the girl kind of recognizes that he's young enough that he's like he's not a part of this like like these men that are doing these Mm -hmm. bad things he could get there I, yeah. like she, I I think she kind of recognizes that maybe he's up to some not great things but i don't know the reasoning behind it right um and then we have this kid who children oftentimes represent like they represent i cannot speak they represent innocence um and so she is threatening him to to be like hey don't become like these other yeah. people because that's when yeah. i will get get you here um yeah she's she to like, look at him as both him a right like a somebody she is empathetic towards who she's trying to protect but also making sure that he doesn't become somebody from whom she would have to protect others in the future right yeah um so i i just thought that was interesting i i don't know if the film really has more in there beyond that it, it, it again for such a we're gonna say small but i don't think that's the right term necessarily for such a small movie in in scope right 
it does so much and that's kind of interesting it's so fascinating like, yeah. how do you pack this much but still have these scenes where it just moves at such a slow pace and it feels like nothing is happening and how does that build tension so well what is going on mm-hmm. i don't know but it's it's good it's fun mm-hmm. fun indeed uh do you have any other things that you wanted to start talking about uh for this film or do we, <laughs> I, do we I, want to start wrapping it up there i wanted to note just briefly that at the very i i stayed at the end of every movie uh, mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why is if I want to see if there's anybody interesting in the special thanks section. Mm-hmm. And one of the people in the special thanks is Margaret Atwood, author of The Handmaid's Tale. Again, among other novels. Prussian, yes. Right. Yep. There you go. <laughs> it's very funny to me that you're like, I want to talk about the oppression of women. And me, a woman just, is like, I like the part out. with the skateboard. I wish she skateboarded more. <laughs> but see, that, yeah, like that. <laughs> that's what it that, need more skateboarding. <laughs> the end of the day, that's what you need. More skateboarding. Um, um, but th- one of the, the rock posters in the girl's room, it took me a bit to identify, but I'm like, oh, that's Madonna. And then I was watching this interview that, that Anna Lily Amirpour did with Vice, and she talks about how she had met Margaret Atwood at some festival or convention or something and then befriended her. And why I did, it took me a while to try and pinpoint that Madonna poster is that it's not Madonna's face. That is Margaret Atwood's mm. face photoshopped <laughs> onto a Madonna album cover. And it doesn't Amazing. say Madonna. It says Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. That's so funny. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> Something else that stood out to me uh, was also that Elijah Wood is one of the he's a, producers. He's a big horror guy. He produces a lot of horror movies. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see we, here. I am. We could do a whole set of great pitches that are horror movies starred or produced by Elijah Wood. Welcome to yep, Elijah indeed. Wood Month here on, In, <laughs> here on the indeed. review show. Indeed. Um, let's see here. I'm going to pull up bingo real quick to see if um, there is anything for us to mark off of our list, but I don't think there is. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I am not even going to bring it up on screen because right? nothing we've, is happening. We've- we have been dry for quite some time with bingo. We just need, it doesn't matter what the thing is, just something where somebody stands on the side of the street and then a car drives by a big puddle and it splashes them in the big puddle. <laughs> Both of us have that on our trope bingo sheets this year. We just yeah. need big puddle. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, with that, what would you recommend to people who enjoyed this? What else might they like? Uh, I think you mentioned it earlier. Werewolf by Night is a great recommendation. This is the like mm-hmm. 40, 50 minute Marvel special presentation you can find on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it is all in black and white except for the very end. And it is about being a werewolf at night and going into go. a murder maze. It's pretty great. 
I did hear that this year they are releasing a special colorized version of Werewolf by Night, mm. but it's colorized to look like an old Hammer horror movie. It's colorized to look like it's from the 60s or something. Interesting. Uh, which brings me to my next recommendation, The Love Witch. If you yeah. want more uh, female auteur horror, horror adjacent movies, The Love Witch, written, directed, scored, costume designed, and edited by Anna Biller. She did like everything on this movie. It's so impressive. The Love Witch is designed to look like a 1960s Technicolor thriller kind of lurid and 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 very vibrant in that way it's you've never seen anything that looks like the love witch we did it uh would you please Episode look up this ep- number 128 thank you very much yes we've talked yeah. about the love witch before this movie is about a witch named elaine who uh after her boyfriend has left her she picks up and moves to a new town she is seeking new love and she does these spells to get these men enchanted with her and then they become over obsessed with her and then she kills them and it's a cycle of a couple of those happening as we see her flash back to these poor experiences she had with some sort of a magic cult absolutely yeah i that was one of my thoughts as i was watching this of like this would be a good one to punch with the love yeah none of the colors and all of the colors Right. Yeah. It also has a very different tone. It's not like slow and quiet. It is loud and vibrant in its colors. It's kind of silly in the way they do the like romance stuff. It's kind of cheesy, but it it has like some similar themes in 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 that. So good stuff with the love, mm-hmm. which I second that one. This is not a movie I've watched directly, but I just watched the Dead Meat video on it. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's first movie, Chronos, from 1994, Hmm. is also a vampire movie. So I thought I would shout that out. Uh, Yeah, this is from 1994, his first movie. His the beginning of his long friendship with Ron Perlman. Mm. And this is about uh, an antique dealer who stumbles across Chronos. A 400-year-old gold scarab that when it latches onto you, grants you youth and eternal life, but also a thirst for blood. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the show, but I would also throw in uh, the original Suspiria. Yes. I think that's, uh, that's a great and, recommendation. And the remake. Both sure. Suspirias. They're both they are very both different. They're both at the core about a a young woman who goes to a dance academy in Germany that is secretly being controlled by a coven of witches. But beyond that initial premise, both movies have completely different looks and feels and scare factors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, especially like the original one i think would also fit in really well with this um i i would also just say like go like those old universal horror movies go watch some of the the, 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 those the classics right go watch dracula go watch uh the the wolf man the invisible man all of that stuff that'd be fun 
I think that's about it that I have for recommendations, yeah. though. This is a, a, such a singular film. <laughs> oh, here's one that that uh-huh. we could recommend uh, to if you want more vampires, especially in the West. Uh, we did American Vampire uh, a mm-hmm. long time ago, written by uh, Scott Snyder, co-created with uh, Stephen King. Um, but Scott Snyder, I think, does most of the writing duties on that. Um, let me see if where we did that American vampire. We did that way back on episode 78. Ooh. American vampire volumes one and two. Um, so, yeah. Good stuff with all of that. That being said, Melissa, it is my turn to do the pitches for this next week. Mm hmm. So while I had the housekeeping video running, uh, I gave Melissa a heads up that I have three pitches, but there's one that I want to like, I particularly want to do. And I had a sign. The universe told me this is the one that you guys should do. Uh, so you should do that. Uh, but I, I will at least let you know what these other okay. two ones are, just in case you want to actually be, be like, you know what? No, I'm going against the universe. Um, so pitch number one is one that I have not seen, have always been interested in. Uh, this is Jennifer's body. Um, it's kind of got this cult classic vibe to it uh megan fox i think was just i I don't remember if she made this like slightly before or just after she was in transformers but i think transformers kind of cast her in a light that i i I think her celebrity status may have suffered Mm. uh Mm -hmm. from but i've always heard that this is a fantastic movie uh and that um you should ch- check it out at some point. So that's pitch number one. I have seen Jennifer's body. It's I think it's written by Diablo Cody, who did Juno. It so it's very fast talking, full of like metaphors and jargon. Like, I think one thing one character says to another in this movie is like. G- you're jealous like green jello or something like that it's a lot of lines like that that's sort of quippy snappy dialogue that can become and it's written it's from like the late 2000s there's a lot Uh of like uh, poorly aged lingo and jokes that can grate against you it's but it's the, that the like character- joss whedon whippy snappy kind of it's but the premise of the movie itself, where Amanda Seyfried is this mousy girl who's friends with this hot girl, and then the hot girl starts eating people for power, and she's like, what do I do about it? I like the character journey of it. It is worth giving it a watch. Yeah, so that's pitch number one. Pitch number two, uh, Hellraiser, the one from last year, uh, from 2020. Have you seen the original Hellraiser? I have not, actually. Um Say it's one that has interested me because it is so weird in its design. I just it's iconic to see this face with all these like pins in it, right? Um, yeah, I, 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 I've, I've, I've heard decent things about the remake on Hulu. Um, 
some people really liked it, some not so much, but I've heard kind of regardless. It at least looks beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was pitch number two. Pitch number three. And this is the one that the universe as, as the universe decrees to, to watch because I opened up my social media this morning and one of the first things I saw was someone posting about this movie, calling it an absolute banger. This is the 1998 American science fiction horror film directed by Robert Rodriguez, The Faculty, starring oh! Elijah Wood. <laughs> so it really is Elijah Wood. <laughs> oh, man. I. Okay. D- did not know this movie existed as i have said many really? times bef- before i'm not a big horror fan i t- i tend to stay away from the j- genre because i'm scared i i i get scared g- g- genuinely um but thinking about all the stuff we've covered for our horror month things we haven't done many like alien horror and like all of mm. that stuff. And so this is one where, yeah, it is like a bunch of high schoolers and these aliens come and replace the t- teachers, maybe some of these students. Um, but I thought this was an interesting cast, too. Not not only is it a young Elijah Wood, um, but there, there's Josh Hartnett is in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Usher is is in yes. this. Yes. Um, uh- the actress Mia who plays, herself, Jordan, yes. Jordana Brewster. Yep. Uh, Selma Hayek is in this. There's Excellent. lots of recognizable actors yes. in this. I was like, huh, how come I haven't heard of, of this one? I, I have heard of this. I don't think I I didn't know it was a Robert Rodriguez movie, and I don't think I knew it was specifically an alien horror movie. You're correct that we've not done a lot so explicit uh, of of like it's aliens but it, it is like something has replaced them They've, like a body snatchers thing yeah. i'm looking at the the description when i google it it does use the word otherworldly yeah yeah which is, which is good enough for me yeah we uh n- no question about it i listen to the universe we're watching the faculty I, I i pitched it myself let's let's do it let's do an elijah wood and you brought me an elijah wood so thank you I, very I, much I, immediately when you said, said that i was like it's the universe again like she does she doesn't even know it <laughs> elijah wood faculty horror. um this I'm also not- looks uh, go ahead please uh this looks pretty accessible it looks like it is on paramount plus and peacock not quite as accessible as just getting it free with your library card but you also don't have to pay four dollars to rent it so nice choice yeah indeed uh so that's what we will do this next week the faculty uh i'm excited about this one Especially since we were also just recently talking about Spy Kids and Robert Rodriguez and how he <laughs> made true. all of that. It just like everything has been like, the, right. watch the faculty. Do the, do the sure. faculty. It's <laughs> also written by Kevin Williamson, who wrote My Beloved Scream. Scream. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So 
there we go. That is what we will do uh, this next week here on the show. But I say we wrap things up right there. So, Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? Uh, I've just recently set up a letterboxed account at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. have not put anything up there yet, but I would like to use that as a place to catalog these movies we're watching here on the review show. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff indeed. Um, yeah, if you guys want to follow me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer uh, on most of the social medias. If you want to stay up to date with all the stuff we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on the social medias. Uh, if not, we will be at uh, The Whatnots Official. So please go like, share, and subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that. If you're watching this on YouTube, there's plenty more for you to check out over there on that side of the screen. But yeah, this has been number 274 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.